Sri Ramakrishna Paramahasma once said, I see God walking in every human form. When I meet different people, I say to myself, God in the form of the saint, God in the form of the sinner, God in the form of the righteous, God in the form of the unrighteous. In recovery, we learn to grow alongside a higher power. Today we'll be talking about the parable of the Brahmin and Sarvamangala, and how we can find a higher power in just about anything on Through Alliance, the BWR podcast. This is the parable of the Brahmin and Sarvamangala. In a village, there once lived a poor Brahmin. The Brahmin was a very good man, and he loved the mother of the universe with all his heart. He worshipped the mother in the form of Durga. Very often, people asked the Brahmin to go and read to them about the mother from a book called the Chandi. In return, they gave him gifts of food or clothing. In this way, the Brahmin was able to get enough to eat. He lived happily with his wife and daughter, and although they were so poor, they never felt sad. The Brahmin's daughter was very beautiful and very good. Her name was Sarva Mangala. Her parents taught her all they knew, and she learned everything very quickly. She worked hard, and whatever she did, she did well. The time came when Sarva Mangala was old enough to be married. You must look for a husband for your daughter, Sarvamangala's mother said to the Brahmin. But who will marry such a poor girl? We have nothing to give her. Do not be anxious, my dear, the Brahmin replied. Our daughter is as beautiful and as gifted as anyone. Where there is a girl as lovely and as bright as Sarvamangala? Nowhere. You are right, agreed his wife. She is good and beautiful and skillful in everything she does. Her cooking is excellent. Above all, she loves to make people happy by serving them. So we must not worry about her marriage, the Brahmin said. Mother Durga will do everything. A few weeks later, a good man who was a landlord paid a visit to the village, and he happened to see Sarva Mangala. When he found that she was as good as she was beautiful, he wanted her to be married to his son. The Brahmin agreed to this, and Sarva Mangala was married. She went away to her father-in-law's house in the next village. The Brahmin and his wife felt sad and lonely without their daughter, but they were happy that she was no longer poor and had a good husband. Soon, it was the month of the Durga Puja festival. Wife, said the Brahmin, Mother Durga has blessed our daughter with a good and wealthy husband. This year, we must perform Durga Puja in our own house. But we are so poor, his wife replied. We barely have enough to eat ourselves. How can we think of doing the Puja here? What? cried the Brahmin. Is Durga the mother of the rich and not of the poor? Will she not accept our humble offerings? 
we shall offer her whatever we can afford. The time of the festival drew near. We must bring home the image of the mother, the Brahmin said to his wife. I wish Sarvamangala could come home too, his wife replied. The Brahmin took a 50 pasa coin and went to the image maker. I am going to perform the Durga Puja in my house, the Brahmin said. Please make me a small image of Durga. I shall pay you 50 pesa. Have you lost your senses? The image maker replied. It costs a great deal of money to perform Durga Puja. And even the smallest image costs more than 50 pesa. I have no money, the Brahmin explained. But I love the mother and I am grateful to her. I shall perform Durga Puja even if I worship her with nothing but flowers. The image maker looked very surprised. And he became thoughtful. I understand your feelings, he said. Very well. I shall make an image for you, and you need not pay me for it. I must pay whatever I can afford, the Brahmin answered, and he made the man accept his coins. As Brahmin and his wife prepared for the puja, their thoughts turned very often to their daughter. Sometimes they wept because they felt so lonely without her. She will not be allowed to come to us now, he said, because she will be too busy. In that rich family, they will perform Durga Puja in a big way, and Sarvamangala will be a great help to them. We shall have to manage without her. The next day, however, the Brahmin's wife fell ill. What shall we do, she wept. Tomorrow the Puja begins, but I am too ill to move from my bed. Who will cook? Who will help us? Oh, Sarvamangala, we need you. The Brahmin comforted his wife. Don't regret, he said. I shall go at once and see Sarvamangala. Perhaps her father-in-law will allow us to have her come, as you are ill. The Brahmin went to Sarvamangala's home, but she was not allowed to go back with him. I am very sorry, her father-in-law said to the Brahmin, but my wife just cannot manage without her. Feeling sad and worried, the Brahmin said goodbye to his daughter and set out for home. He talked to Mother Durga as he walked along. The image maker has made a beautiful image for me, he said, and tomorrow I want to worship you. Now my wife is ill and my daughter cannot come home. What am I to do? At that moment, the Brahmin heard someone calling from behind him. It seemed to be his daughter's voice. He stopped and looked back. To his surprise, there was Sarvamangala hurrying towards him. Wait for me, father, Sarvamangala cried. I am coming home with you. How is it possible for you to come, cried the Brahmin. What will your mother-in-law say? Do not worry about anything, father, Sarvamangala replied. Everything is arranged. Take me home with you. Now the Brahmin and his wife were very happy. Their daughter had come home. She seemed more beautiful than ever, and her face was bright with joy. She took care of her mother and did all the work of the house. The same evening, Sarvamangala helped her father to dress the image of the Durga for the worship, which would begin the next day.
the image stood in a decorated shrine. And when they had finished, they were amazed with its beauty. Sarvamangala's mother felt much better, and then she praised the image too. See how beautifully Sarvamangala has dressed the image, she said. And see how beautiful Sarvamangala is herself. We have no costly silks or jewels, yet our goddess and our daughter will find no equal anywhere for charm and beauty. The first two days of the festival passed happily. The Brahmin worshipped Durga with his heart, and he was filled with peace. The third day came, and this was when the guests should be fed. Today we must give a feast to all the neighbors, Sarvamangala said. Are you joking, child? The Brahmin replied. How is it possible for us to give a feast? We only have a few fruits to offer. I am not joking, father, she said. You have worshipped the mother in your house. The worship will not be complete if you do not give a feast. I am going now to invite all the neighbors. Sarvamangala went to the neighbors' houses. The Brahmin prepared for the worship. Now that my daughter is married to a rich man's son, the Brahmin thought, she thinks it is easy to give a feast. When Sarvamangala returned, the Brahmin sat down to worship the goddess. Sarvamangala assisted him. The image seemed to be living, and the Brahmin's face shone with joy. The whole room seemed to shine with the light of the goddess. At noon, the neighbors began to arrive. Sarvamangala had invited them all to partake of the fruit offerings made to the mother. We will look foolish when they find we have nothing to offer them, his wife said. Now, you are both to stop worrying, Sarvamangala said firmly. Leave it all to me. I have invited them, and I shall give them the offerings. The Brahmin welcomed all the guests, and then he went and sat before the mother. Let me not be put to shame, mother, he said. He remained sitting before the image, and now he was afraid to face the guests. Saramangala asked the guests to sit down, and then she served the fruit that had been offered to Durga during the worship. My father is poor, she said, so he cannot give you a big feast. It is his good fortune that you have come and requests you to take part of these offerings. The guests began to eat the fruit. What delicious fruit, they exclaimed. We have never tasted anything like it. Just a little of it is quite satisfying. This is better than a big feast. With great happiness, the guests went home. They showered their blessings upon Sarvamangala and her parents. Have all the guests gone? The Brahmin asked. Did they laugh at me or curse me? Nothing of the kind, Sarvamangala said. They were all very happy indeed. The strange thing is, Sarvamangala's mother said, half the offerings still remain, yet the guests were completely satisfied. It is strange indeed, the Brahmin said. Mother has blessed us, and tears of joy flowed down his cheeks. The following day was the last day of worship. The Brahmin felt sad, for today the mother would leave his house. He sat before the image, offering the goddess a special plate of rice, curds, and fruit. As the Brahmin sat there with his eyes closed, 
he did not notice Sarva Mangala enter the room. Quietly, she began to eat the food that was being offered to the goddess. The Brahmin opened his eyes. He was shocked to see his daughter eating the offering. What are you doing, daughter? He cried. Without saying a word, Sarva Mangala ran from the room. The Brahmin asked his wife to prepare a fresh offering, and when it was ready, he again sat down to worship the mother. Again, Sarva Mangala crept into the room and ate up the food that was being offered. What is wrong with you today? He cried. Do not spoil my worship again. Go away. Sarva Mangala went to her mother. Father told me to go away, mother, she said, so I am going. Today you will have to go back to your father-in-law's house, child, her mother replied, for the festival is over. When your father has finished the worship, he will take you home. When the Brahmin at last finished the puja, he went to his wife. Where is Sarva Mangala? he asked. She was here a short while ago, his wife replied. She must be waiting for you to take her home. They searched and searched for Sarva Mangala, but could not find her anywhere. The foolish girl must have gone home alone to her father-in-law's. I must go see that she is safe, the Brahmin said. When the Brahmin reached the house, he was relieved to see that his daughter was there. I scolded you for spoiling the worship, he said to her. Is that why you came away alone? Are you very angry with me? What are you talking about, father? Sarva Mangala replied, looking very puzzled. Did you not eat up the offering as I was doing my prayer? The Brahmin said. Did I not scold you? But father, I have been here the whole time, Sarva Mangala replied. My father-in-law told you I could not go with you. The Brahmin was astonished. Then he understood what had happened. It was Durga herself who had come in the form of his daughter. Mother, mother, he cried, weeping tears of joy. You came to me and I did not know you. This story tells us a lot. This story talks about how we can see a higher power in anyone or anything. Not only if we're practicing a 12-step program or refuge recovery, is it important to connect with a higher power. It's important to feel a higher power within ourselves. We might think we're not worthy of help. We might think that we're bad people, but we're not. We're sick people trying to get well. Believing that a higher power is within us allows us to succeed, to turn it over, to turn over a new leaf. So today, when you see that homeless person sitting on the side of the road, when you see an alcoholic or addict in distress, see a higher power within yourself and within them. Ask them, do you want help? I'm sure that question was asked to you before. Allow yourself to pray, to worship, to feel again. A higher power makes this all possible. If you're not into the concept of a higher power, then maybe the 12-step programs and refuge, or even celebrate, aren't for you. And that's okay. 
There are many solutions to recovery, and this podcast is just covering one or two of them. If you are interested in learning more about a higher power, just know that you can find it anywhere, just as the Brahmin did. In your daughters or your sons, your siblings, your parents, your friends, uh, any amount of things can be a higher power in nature. I once heard that I don't make the leaves blow in the trees. So I can't possibly be the only thing that exists in this universe that has power. This doesn't make you a puppet. This doesn't make you weak. It's simply taking the hand that lays beside you and accepting help. So for today, remember, you don't make the leaves blow. You're not the center of the universe, although you are very important. And you're not a bad person. We're simply sick people trying to get well one day at a time. So thanks for listening today on Through Alliance, the BWR podcast. I'm Kiko, and thanks for listening. Have a great day.